what do you think about his vagina? Look, if you haven't looked at porn with your family, you need to get on board. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Okay, so this is, I'm going to show you just some, what do you call them? Like screen grabs, screenshots of um, a TV show. So it's called uh, Naked Attraction. And it's like a, hmm, like a dating show kind of, which we are, we've watched some of these. Kim really likes Love is Blind and stuff like that just because it's, we like, we say we like to talk shit. So we like just watch these people. We pause it. We're like, oh my God, can you believe this loser? Whatever. So this one is like a dating show. And uh, instead they call it like, they some of the, sometimes they say like it's dating in reverse. So before you get to, so like the Love is Blind stuff, like that's where there's like Married at First Sight and Love is Blind. Like these are shows where you get married to somebody who like experts picked for you and you don't get to see them until you're standing on the podium getting married to them like they literally right. like so that's like the olden I mean, days we're just hearkening back to the olden days people you know they want to live like back in the day when you had arranged marriages it's we get well, it well <laughs> and then the love is blind one is you meet the people and you like fall in love personality wise right right so you don't see you, them you don't yeah. see them and you just talk through like a wall or whatever so this is like right, the you opposite just yeah it's yeah, like actually they, just how dating works today Right. Because well, they do pictures, talk. I guess. I think there's speakers, but um, oh, but yeah, but there's other ones call. too that are okay. yeah. There's all these different kinds. This one's but like naked attraction. What is this? It's the it's like the opposite. So this one is dating based purely on physical attraction, basically. Okay. Good. And this is how they do it. Brace yourself. Okay. Is my screen being shared? Wow. Yeah, I wish it weren't. Okay. So it starts what? out like this. So they take, you're like, there's these people and they're like in boxes and they lift it up just above their genitals, this like wall in front of them. And then they eliminate somebody and then they oh lift it up what? to hide just their head. And then they eliminate somebody and then they get to see their face and they eliminate somebody. Then they get to hear their voice and then they eliminate somebody. And then it comes down to two and they pick between the two. It's really weird, you know? And I mean, it's just, People this is regular TV. fully naked. Fully naked. This Wait, is, what, this this is, is regular, just regular TV? Regular TV in the UK. Whoa, whoa, girl. And that, I could not, so here's the thing. No. I could not find the pictures that I wish I could show you. And that just goes to show, there's something deep about this. Okay. So remind me in a minute Wait, that, what about is this the fact on? that I'm again, sorry. I think it's on, Which channel? I, you know what? And if you're a UK person, you'd probably know what the, something called like channel four is. I, I don't know. It's like one of their, I think their TVs, like they have different restrictions and there's like some kind of public vibe to their television show, their TV channels or something. I don't know. I think it's called channel four in the UK. Okay. Sorry. Um, what was I going to remind you of? I just totally interrupted. I'll I'll tell you in a, in a second. I, okay. I'll remember. 
because these pictures will remind Hello. me. They, these are I, real. These are real. This is like a. This is the whole entire seventy-inch TV. This is what God. you get on your. Thank on your goodness, face. this is not a video podcast because Mr. A is just showing me straight up porn right now. And I ha- no no see because I actually was just gonna go to the internet like just search images, but I had to save all these onto my computer desktop because mixed into just generic Google searches or whatever for the show intermixed in there was actual porn pretty intense porn so i had just like okay i'm not gonna show i'm not gonna do that to ben i'm gonna actually download these specific scenes or whatever if you haven't looked at porn with your family you need to get on board let me see hang on let me find there's a picture here oh yeah let's let's screen share well apparently that's what this show is all about i mean that's basically what it is i mean what how do they envision people watching this show I like, want to tell you a quote. Here's a quote for this picture. Am I sharing my screen again? Yeah, that's wild. Great. If I remember correctly, and I think this is the right person. Sorry, I can't shrink that down. It says uh, <laughs> that I'm pretty. I'm like. I'm pretty sure the quote it's just was. Just a woman's um, genitals. That's no, all no. It is. What do you think about his vagina? What? No. So they had an episode. You can't even see it. So they had an episode where they had two trans. Individuals. Oh, okay. In tr- in transition, so they literally had a woman up there, yeah. and um, they were like, "This is fl- flicked or Felix." Of course, he's he's a man. Like, so they literally zoom in. The whole screen is taken up by this person's hair-filled vagina. It looks totally like just the most quintessential vagina. Nothing unique about it, <laughs> and. It's on your whole screen. This is a man. That's the words are coming through the speaker while this huge. (laughs) And what do you think about his vagina? I mean, it is the craziest thing. Then you go over to this other one. That's hilarious. What is going on? And I can't remember its name or whatever, their name. (laughs) And um, so then they go to this man who says they're a woman, but has like one of the biggest genital situations on the show and then of course what do you think about her penis i mean it was just oh my god i was laughing so hard and that's such a thing though i think there's research on that this is so weird and macabre but i think not macabre but like just weird um i think there's research on like gay people like gay men have longer penises yes that's i think that's true i think there's like studies about that I don't know Which if that's makes, true. I don't know how you could know that, like how you'd even do that research, but um I yeah. I don't think you could do it. It's probably just fake. It's probably just propaganda, you know. I it's don't like believe when it, people but I say can, that women yeah. can do like hard labor better than men in like feminist books and you're like, Okay, like great. Like they're like women can hammer nails better than men and you're like, What is this? We did a study, yeah. Yeah. No, like okay. I, I, I don't believe it, but I, I wouldn't be there's also a there's a way of thinking about that where I'm like I wouldn't be surprised based on I feel like if you yes. did the research though you'd have a, a selection bias but there's also something about there's totally I mean, something there with that it's kind of yeah. like the trope that like gay men are more attractive it's like well they like maybe being yes. more attractive and having the 
experiencing a mirror, you know what I mean? And, and sure, having yeah. that kind of, there's something a there's a psychological there. that might tilt you a little bit. There's even jokes about it. People like I heard a comedian joke about the gay beach or whatever. Like she went to Spain or something and she's like Barcelona. There's like naked beaches and she's like, and, I, right. and if you go to Barcelona, it's like a gay beach. And she's like, you can go to other naked beaches and all you see are like naked old men who have these tiny little dicks. And she's like, and then you can go to the naked beach of Barcelona. And she's like, you've got these gay men who are like, walking around with these huge old hogs or whatever and it's just and probably all really fit yeah yeah that's so it's like a peacocking thing or whatever you know who knows yeah and again selection bias and in both of those beach situations of course you'd have the guys that probably don't get to see much of anything walking around naked on a nude beach hoping to see something i don't know how the spaniards really are but then on the in the gay beach it's like it's like you said, it's peacocking. It's like, well, I'm attractive and this I, I'm comfortable to do this and and show exactly. off. So yeah. of course I'm gonna go. And I've got anyone who's not comfortable enough to go show off for whatever reason that might be isn't gonna exactly. show up to go do that. Right. So there's right. a selection bias again. Yeah. Um, which no, is well, part of the reason why thing... some of this research is so dubious at right. the time. Yeah, no, the trans thing on this show, it reminds me of when we had that episode about porn and we read through all those porn statistics and one of the most popular growing, like increasing in the ranks of categories of porn was trans. So interesting. So now we have this show with these naked people on it, um, with these trans people. So there's something about, but yeah, so what's going, like, what is that it? Like people just. No, that's not it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. So let me, I'll give you a little bit more detail about the show. So I told you they lift it, lift it, lift it to the head. They hear the voice and it's down to two and they choose right there sitting in front. And but before, and so the last, when the last Wait, two Wait, so how does come, it work? So is it like all the men are like lined up looking at all the women's bodies and they're like voting it depends, or something? It, no. So like there's one contestant, one person is doing all the judging. There's a host and one oh. person. So it could be there a man, a woman, an it. Uh, there's a lot, there's been a couple pans, whatever. Good. So Very whatever that diverse. means, literally. Yeah. Okay. So um, then there's, they come out in this big room and there's like these six boxes. And then in each one is, they always say this. They always say there's six gorgeous whatevers in these things. By the way, not true. They're not all gorgeous. Some of them are disgusting. I mean, I'm surprised at how many people will get up there with the size, as they say, willies that they have oh, and just do this God. on TV. I mean, there's some really small willies. That's all I'm going to say. Um, wow. Well, some people, that's there's the some thing, big I ones think. too, but yeah, some people, I think I've heard Tim Dillon say things about people's yeah. take on their body when they're a little divergent. And uh, I've heard it's hilarious about it. Yeah. Right. It's like some people like that, I guess. Actually, there have been some, there was a, there was one guy that I think he was one of the pan people or whatever and he was like i he eliminated one guy because it was too big oh yeah so he was Get like that that's not he's like that's not for me i'm just some people <laughs> like that and i'm I'm that hurts is what he said basically it's a weapon put that away um, so and then the guy that got eliminated was like oh, it's an okay reason to get eliminated i like that so <laughs> oh it's kind of funny um Anyway, so, so they pick one these person, people. So one person is like, I like this, I don't like this. They like eliminate they're, they're picking them off one by one. What and each one so it goes up uh, right above the waist, that's the, and then one gets eliminated, it goes above the chest, one gets eliminated, shows the face, one gets eliminated. 
hear the mm-hmm. voice, one gets eliminated. Then there's mm-hmm. two left. And then those two come down off the stage. And then before they get their final, the person picks the final one. So that last stage where they get to see the, the second to last stage where everyone gets to see their face, I guess it would be the third to last, but whatever. They get to see their face. That's the first time these people get to see the person picking as well. And then the two, the two finalists come off the stage and stand in front of the person and that's picking. And then that person, before she makes he or she or it makes its final decision between the two, that person goes and gets naked and comes back to do the choosing while naked. So it's Great. really weird. So, so then those people leave and they go on a date, which is filmed. And then that date goes how it goes. And then there's like a follow-up X amount of weeks later, X amount of months later, the two Are people come back for and that talk to too? the camera. No, they're totally clothed on the date. And okay. uh, so- uh, first of all, it doesn't seem to work because none of these, I think we've, we've watched tons of it's, I'm ashamed of this, but it's hard to not watch. I mean, it's a bunch of like naked people constantly and just weird, all sorts of shapes and sizes. It's hard to over you, your eyes. Um, it's so strange. <laughs> it's got yeah, that, like, you can't, it's hard to divert your eyes away factor. from it. You're just like, yes, big time. But none of these, so a lot of the dates go, don't go well, or they go fine, but the follow-up only one one couple which was actually very touching because as the girl was sitting there on the couch on the follow-up a couple weeks later they hadn't seen each other that much actually there were two i think that i've seen that that were still basically together at the end and so she was like talking about it and she like started crying and stuff kim was like she's on her period but um (laughs) she was like just so happy that like she found somebody that's the only one like none of the other ones were like so so on on mass, as they say, like this is not effective for picking a partner. I guess I don't know. Again, selection bias for the types of people, and we've watched enough quick enough that we've actually noticed repeat contestants. So repeat people on the stage in the boxes, which is interesting. I don't know what that means. Probably can't get enough people to do the show. I was gonna say maybe. <laughs> God, yeah. like would you do this again? We're gonna call. Well, you they're back probably all exhibitionists by box. definition. By definition, literally. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know what... I just can't believe you just said that this show was touching. One, I thought that was hilarious. Um, Just that one moment. (laughs) I know. But I want to talk about some other things having to do with this. Oh, okay. Some larger implications. So, and this... Okay, let me tell you the thing that I teased earlier. It's not a tease. It's just like... So, well, actually, I'll save that because it folds into these... Some of the stuff I want to talk about. So, that thing I told you to to remember... Um, Okay, so I, I every media of any kind that I take in, I take it in as, for lack of a better term, like a critic. And I would say like a high-level critic or a meta, like a critic that wouldn't write anything, like write critiques because You're I like critique, a Simon Cowell. I, but no, I critique it on <laughs> even a further... like. You wouldn't be interested in my critique because I'm interested in like the meta, what this says, like what it says is sure. large of a picture as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So rather than take? just like, because it, it watchable, like it's sure it's totally watchable, but should you watch, you know what I mean? I don't know. So the thing that struck me as interesting is after you get over the shock factor, you're like, how do I feel about this? Like, wh- what am I watching? You know, like what, what's going on here? Should we be watching this? What, like, why are we watching this? Well, it's interesting and with you and 
Kim watching it or whatever. That's yes, like and Kim level. is somebody. Kim is somebody. I don't know if everyone in the country, not that anyone listens to this podcast, but if everyone uh, knows about like Dick's Sporting Goods or you know whatever. Like my point is, she can't say Dick's Sporting Goods because Dick, and bad word. that's a bad yeah. word, right? So, so this is really shocking for her, but she watched it, and I think so. Like one of the things that makes it. Don't take this too seriously, but like one of the things that makes it like not porn, let's say, like not purely vulgar <clears throat> in in some sense, is that they actually do have all different types of people on the stage. So it, it's not just a bunch of porn stars or a bunch of like models. They're not all super hot. Some are like ridiculously hairy. Some aren't that good looking. Some have micro penises, some have interesting vaginas, some have flat butts. It's just everything. Some are huge and fat. Some are super skinny and get eliminated for that reason. So that almost like saves it in a way. You know what I mean? Like you're like, mm. and after you get over that initial shock, there is something about it that's like, I don't know the word. Like edifying is not the right word. Wholesome isn't the right word. Uh, liberating isn't the right word, but it's some word that that orbits this kind of that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? We're like, is this good or bad? Like, what does it? Because you begin to see people. So the first lift to the genitals is interesting uh, for obvious reasons. Then you get to the face. That's interesting for reasons that you might not expect until you have the experience of watching the show a couple times, because the face matters a lot you know so someone can have so in my in my i'm going to tell you my some of my preferences <laughs> if you were the contestant yeah my well, it was going my, through your mind yeah my my type i guess let's say no um so some of them you you're like i don't know that's not because you kind of play along you know you're like who would you eliminate you know we just we say like who would you eliminate oh why you know whatever so we'll do me and kim will do that with mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. and i'm like I don't know the one, the blue. You know, it's a little, a little hefty, a little husky for my preferences. And uh, then you get to the face, and you're like, that can change. Like it's almost like a magic trick. It's like whoop, you didn't see what you thought you saw, you know. And now the face is attractive enough that you're like, actually, he's all right. She's all right. I I thought that'd be. Maybe I would choose that one. And then you compare oh that to God. the other faces and you're wow. like, well, she has a nice, really nice body, but the face and the or the teeth, you know, just something She's so a butter face, as they say, those right. dumb jock people. Yeah. So, and they're all British. So there's a lot of crazy teeth, let's say. And uh, there's a lot of hairy people, a lot of pale people. It's just, it's so interesting. Now- I've had my thoughts on this show. Like, so what could make this better? I don't know why I'm giving this review, but this is, it's just a crazy show. So here's the pitfall with it. There's this one girl that was up there. I don't know if it was a lesbian, pan, trans, bi. I don't know what was going on. And this person was really fat. Okay. So they lift the thing up for the first to reveal the legs and genitals. And you can't see anything. There's like yeah. a belly, yeah, and then there's like yeah. a second belly hanging. I don't even know what it was. I've ne I've actually never quite seen this phenomenon. 
and they zoom in on it. They go walk over there and they go want to take a closer look and they look and they zoom in full screen of this hanging thing, a covering a vagina. And he goes, she goes, the host goes, what do you think of her vagina? My God. And they go, the person she's asking goes, it's all right. I mean, it's nice. It's tidy. You know? And it was like, first of all, you can't see it. Second of all, they're fat as a house and you're going to eliminate them immediately. So there's something about the, there's some, that's the thing that really gets me is that it's kind of dishonest. So like the, I, I always make this joke every time we watch a new one. I'm like the first one, I just pick the fattest one. I'm like, that's the one that's gone because of course, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm being shallow here, but of course that's the first one that goes like, if there's someone who's like kind of morbidly obese, like bye, I'm not, that's you're fat. I don't, is that a preference? I don't know. But I think it's. And it, I'm right 90% of the time. Mm. 90% of the time, they're the first one gone. I and then mean, what do they... Or if they're not the first, probably, they're yeah. the second one. Right. And then they go, well, why Why do you... Why not that one? Oh, no, why not that one? The host says. And then they say something. You know, like, oh, the stance wasn't confident or blah, blah, blah. And it's like... We have to beat around is, the bush. Literally, that's the, a funny pun. But other things they're really honest about, Right. And there's some that you know why they got eliminated. And they just, when you know why they got eliminated, a lot of times it's not said. So they, mm. so if it's really obvious, so it's like that person was, you know, 400 pounds. That's why they never say that. Sometimes they'll say it's a little curvier for my type, a little too tall, a little too short, whatever. Dick's too big, whatever. Then there's... The other ones that I notice is like if their teeth are jacked, you know, or when they get to the face, like that's a hard one to actually say, oh, I'm now eliminating this person because their face is ugly or because their teeth are jacked. They don't oh say God. that. This is and such I, a weird thing going on because everyone's already like naked and being so it's like, really transparent weird. in that way. But then you won't say like. Well, yeah. like, well, looking at their body, I just don't like the way it looks, but that's literally what we're all doing. It's what we're doing. So in a one, so in yeah. one way, it's like authentic. And maybe that's the word I was looking for earlier. And in another way, it's super inauthentic. And then I thought if you made it really authentic, it'd be hmm. a lot harder. And I don't even know if you could watch it. It would like, you'd have too much of a cringe factor watching people say that person's teeth are jacked up. And I do not like that. You know, like that's. Basically, I'm saying they're kind of ugly, in my opinion. And I don't know if you'd actually keep watching because it'd be, you know what I mean? You'd have a, it feel. Maybe it'd feel worse. Almost. You actually don't feel so bad about the bodies, but you'd feel bad if someone said that. If and someone, someone was like, I don't like your body. Yeah. Yeah. Cause mm. there, and there have been a, a couple where it's like the willy is a bit small. So, you know, and then that person, you feel bad. They're like, they walk off the stage. They always forget to say why they got eliminated. They're like, oh, yeah, she said she didn't like my, my stance. It's like she also said your willy was really small, but you didn't mention that <laughs> a second time. But, yeah, for the most part. So I thought if they if they did, wanted to do this right, the best way to do it would be to ra do a rating of different things. You know, so when they lift it, you'd be like, rate the legs, rate the figure, rate the genitals. And so you oh actually have to put yeah, a rating Let's get objective about it. And get objective. And because I think that would actually make the show almost like a healthy experience because the truth would be revealed to some extent. So a lot of these really overweight people would get eliminated because of a truism, 
uh, uh, to some extent, you know, so where, and not that it's bad to be heavy and not that it's, and not that people don't like heavier people that like, that's totally a thing, but, and everyone has their own body type, but I think the norm isn't that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that would actually begin to reveal itself. Now, at the same time, I don't like that. So I'm fighting myself here because then if they had to rate the teeth and then you got eliminated on teeth, it's like, okay, so in one case, I'm almost making the argument that like, then we could actually like get down to business and say what is and isn't attractive and what's really healthy when it comes to this, like fat is beautiful. Everyone should be fat. But then when you apply that same logic to the teeth thing, that just becomes almost mean. You know what I mean? Because teeth, that's just how your teeth look, you know, where Mm. it's not like you ate 600 packs of donuts and then your teeth got crooked. Your teeth are just crooked for whatever reason. Yeah. And sometimes Mm. it's cute. Sometimes it's not, you know, that's what I was so going to say. Know. I think that's probably why it's so probably comes off weird. I mean, I haven't watched the show, but I would think, yeah. Well, you would feel bad because the things you're critiquing people about, like they have no control over. So yeah, it's, it's like that would just feel a little sucky, like shitty. And there's been guys in like wheelchairs, people missing legs and stuff. It's really interesting. I don't know how I feel about the show and I, we can stop talking about it, but there's something really interesting. Oh, and so this is what I was going to say. This is my thing I told you to remember. I was trying to find some of these examples of like the kind of worser looking ones. But of course, if you Google and then hit images and take safe search off and all that stuff, the majority of the pictures that you'll find from the show, first of all, a lot of them are actually, I didn't click on them. I just used the image page, generated page, but it looked like the links were like, some of them were like two porn websites, but also a lot of them were the attractive ones. So it's like, oh, this guy looks fit. Is Willy looks fine. Everything's kind of normal. That was like all the pictures. I could not find the wheelchair guy, mm. the super fat, you know, I, it was just they hard. Don't so want you like to know interesting. About that. I don't know. It's like that tells you something. However, those images get on. If people are ripping them and putting them on there, it's like, what is it? Even what's being ripped most often and put out there is still these oh. like attractive, more tr- classically attractive bodies with like, whatever you know it's just well come on you're a little messed up if you're like ripping people of like disabled people naked or something and putting them online be like sharing that it's I guess. what's wrong with you like well and they're not you doing know it's it, not so. like you see a like hot person like i can understand more someone seeing a hot person be like i gotta show this to other people have they seen this you know where well like, that's what you could not, that's like, all there was disabled so. person like have you seen this <laughs> like, well i mean that's what i would it would be a truer representation. There's always a big chunk of the six that, like, you don't want, in my opinion. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Well, that anyway, is wild. That's it's wild. just weird. Like, it just, I feel like it, it draws a lot of questions about culture and society, right, wrong, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. Not fat wise. I'm talking about culture, like the concept here, like of this. So I mean, we can get off it. I know it's probably boring to listen to someone talk about a show, but it's um, it is what it is. Almost worth a watch, but you kind of have to get over that shock factor and then try to like analyze what it is you're even witnessing. But uh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought too when you were bringing it up. There's like that predictive programming part of it. It's like. I don't know. It's conflicting because I, on the one hand, I'm like, maybe it's good. It's like more natural. Like people should be more comfortable with naked bodies because that's more natural. But then at the same time, you're also like, or is this like trying to like erode people's moral sentiments and like, it's fine to just like judge people and their bodies and like them to be naked and, you know. Well, you know, 
I will admit there is actually a variability. So like as you're watching, like as at least my experience, like some people I've even seen this for sure, because there's like some contestants that are way too picky. And then some mm. that you're like, oh, that's interesting that they haven't eliminated this person yet. But myself personally watching it, it's like I kind of realize I'm like, I'm actually just, you know, in hindsight, looking back at like what I thought while watching it, I'm like, actually, there's fairly broad range of acceptable in my book. You know, there's mm. a line mm. like for size wise, for example, like. I'm not really, I don't find, this is, there's bounds. Sounds, sure. This yeah, sounds yeah, a little yeah. gay, but like, I don't, well, actually, this is true of both sexes for me, of whether it's a man, because there have been some men that were like ripped to the max, like bodybuilder level. And then there's oh like gosh. women that are really buff too, you know? And it's like, I don't find either one of those really that attractive, you know? Like, I get it. Like, idealistic, you're like, that's a fit person. But there's yeah. some, it's like a too much is too much. And then, then you can go back to like normal. Then you can get all the way to like whatever. I don't know what the female equivalent of it is, but like in the male world, like the dad bod, like you could be hot in my book Mom on a, all, that whole, on the whole scale from like not bodybuilder, not obese, as long as you're basically normal looking. And that doesn't mean like you have a six pack. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so there yeah. is that, that's kind of the thing I think that's feels, that's where I was trying to find that word. Like, I don't know what that is, but you kind of do. Well, that's how I was you know, thinking. Oh, it would know, almost like bodies like, are kind of beautiful. Yeah. You're like, like they say that's like self-exceptionalism or whatever, like that people, while people have ideals and like extremes, most people sort of exempt themselves from that. So like, you know, people say like masculinity or femininity, like we have an ideal, like in the way that you see it in the media, like a model, like super masculine, a woman, super feminine or something. But then most people also like don't think that they fit that mold. And they're also tolerant, very tolerant, maybe even preferential toward not that because normal. it's more okay. yeah, normal, more like Yeah, them. so here, yeah. that's a really cringe factor on the show. There's been one girl for sure that her st she wanted something. Her friend that was like being interviewed was like, she's really picky, whatever. She wanted... Now, once she got undressed, it was one of those weird situations. She was the contestant, so she had she only got undressed at the end. And I was like, oh, actually, she looks a little better than I thought now that she's naked. But, but it was, <laughs> oh she God. in her face and everything, she just kind of looked heavy. She wasn't really that pretty in the face. And... She was eliminating people that were like, oh, my God, how, like, how can you? They're about to see your face, you know, and they're going to be like, oh, God, thank God. I, and a couple people were like, kind of dodged a bullet on that one after they got eliminated. But then I also noticed other interesting phenomenon. More than once, somebody has gotten down to the last two and they picked the one that you wouldn't think, you know. And I think it's because it's not like it's models making the decisions, choosing it's just people. You know, they look just mm. like the people on the stage. Some of them are all right, some of them whatever. And sometimes they don't pick the quote unquote hottest one. And I've decided it's like, you might literally go, that person is hotter or whatever. But Maybe you don't want to be take... the ugly one in the relationship. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think it is. It's like, I don't want to be like the not the best looking one in this relationship. Or maybe you think to yourself, like that person is so good looking. They might actually not like find me that good looking. It might not like me. They're going to cheat know? on me or something. Yeah. Or they yeah. just won't. You know, I don't know what it is, or but that, I find yeah. that to be very interesting as well, that that has happened quite a few times. You're like, oh, that's so interesting. They picked that second best choice in the final two 
you know, just kind of weird. Yeah. Food for thought. It it's a, for as debased and kind of disgusting as a show <laughs> that it is. Yeah. It will, can really facilitate some pretty Ooh. deep thoughts. Is all I'm saying. Interesting. Interesting. Weird. Weird. Well, I started out hating it, and uh, now I'm like, hmm, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. Been be curious to know what uh, the producers think, what they're. I don't know was. about putting it on public television. Yeah, that's a whole other. You level, know what I'm saying? And, and there's a little, there's a lot of innuendo and sure. kind of sexualizing. So like, you wouldn't definitely wouldn't want your kids to watch. Well, this that's the thing sure. I wonder. Like, are people supposed to be watching it together? Like, do they envision people watching it alone? I guess I'm like. If people are watching it alone, it's almost like it's kind of I could see like pseudo porn. Like you might envision like people deriving sexual pleasure from watching it alone. Whereas like maybe if you watch it with your partner or like a friend or something, it's like more interesting. You know, it's not going to be sexual because you're it's not a sexual situation. But I don't know. It's weird. I don't That's know. also another dynamic. I feel the opposite. I feel like if you're watching it with someone, that would be the more sexualizing context whereas if you're watching it alone it's like it's easier to find po- actual porn because you don't even have to find the remote you know what i mean it's like it's just oh i guess on yeah. your phone so it's like or on any internet device so you're like i don't know if by yourself you would be like time to watch naked attraction <laughs> to but watch maybe maybe like with some a a friend that you want to be more than friends with they're like you know Mm. you know how people are i don't know if people know how people are but people yeah (laughs) people are like that yeah well i don't know i guess i think that about like instagram like come on let's just admit that it's like pseudo porn a lot of the time like a lot of these tiktok videos like it's just pseudo porn like people just want to have sex with these people on instagram and it's almost like it's like tempting or something to me it's like the point is that they're not naked. Like the point is like they're almost naked. You know. <laughs> like, well, that's it is the, the additional as the additional aspect too is that they're they're not a porn star. You know, they are also they're that, a per yeah. they're just a person. You know, like so I'm seeing a person and I'm like getting to see a lot of this just kind of regular normal person and that's I think enticing. Yeah, Where, but I think people because like that's why also... OnlyFans is so popular. I think. Right, right. But I also think people get sexual pleasure from it. Like, I think people are out there jerking off and masturbating and whatever to social media. I think that's totally happening. That's totally happening. Now, this show might be different because people are just full-blown naked, and it's not like... there's. You've almost taken that element of, like, anticipation out of it. Like, that. I think that's the thing about, like, Instagram. You know, like, it's anticipate. You're, like, almost like, are they going to show me everything? Like, are they going to take off all their clothes or something? Are they going to, like, do something really sexy? Um, whereas like, you know, maybe if people well, were just naked, it would remove something. that factor. Yeah. Right. Just standing there with your embarrassed, cold, tiny little willy. Placid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then you have, but the, and then you have like the Instagram models who are like, oh, I just bought this new bikini and it's just an up close of them like squatting down with their ass cheeks spread and their thong bikini on. You're like, this is this is actually more vulgar than oh my God. naked TV show where it's full frontal nudity. So yeah. 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 Well that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, we, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we can move on from that food for thought. I wanted to talk about, cause you sound like you are not fat inclusive. Um, and I'm sure that probably triggered a lot I of don't. people. Um, well, but I look, 
I think we can say it, okay? I think on the one hand, like we were talking about, there's a very large swath of variability in what people's preferences are, what people find beautiful, whatever. I also think that there's definitely a correlation with weight and health. The, you know, like too skinny, not healthy. Too fat, not healthy. You know, those things aren't good for you. Some people um, look a little better with a little bit of whatever, a little more fleshy. Yeah. You know, you need so you're to like, like that look looks a, little a little more better. natural. Yeah. So it's not just like, demonizing body fat yes. like but you got to be three percent or you or get the fuck out it's not that like no. it mostly it's the face as long as you're basically within the normal body weight range and then you have a nice face then you're good looking in my book yeah i think and even other people who are like heavier people like heavier people sometimes, you know, like it's whatever. It's whatever. No, that's people so, there's like people who people. think that's a thing. Yeah. There's people that are more. To, OK, this house we live in when we it was trashed and it used to be a rental. We we rented it out. And so I we cleaned the whole house. We I mean, it, I, I can't describe how trashed this was and how much renovating we did. Like it was like a dark dungeon. Scary. The basement was just like concrete. It was like a cellar, literally like just dingy rat i mean bad and there's this huge box down there and i open it one day and it was from one of the prior tenants and it was chock full to the brim with porn magazines and every single porn magazine was it was all fat people like i mean i'm talking fat people like morbid yeah i remember obese. seeing like, them they were big yeah oh yeah. yeah you saw them so it was like just yeah. super duper fat. so whoever one of the renters here that's the hottest thing in his world is like give me a hippo like just i'm talking oh my gosh. big i'm not talking curvy you know what i'm saying like we're talking like yeah blah, like crazy and but that's his thing i totally understand i don't understand it understand it but i understand i understand it, you know that. like 100 like <laughs> I get it. It's like it's like it's similar kind of to being like I like girls that are I think it's cute if a girl has buck teeth or what are their eyes is kind of crossed or lazy like they're I, you know it's like oh that's weird or interesting or unique. <laughs> you know it's something intriguing about it. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. It's just but it's not everybody and it's not the norm. And I think what it is that bothers me is especially in that show is the inauthenticity. Because I know, based on the body sh shape, type, whatever, if like the host, for example, that she values being put together, pretty, uh, kept fit, you know, all that stuff. And then she's like, almost avoids being like, this person's a whale. Like, she doesn't say that. She says, this beautiful, gorgeous woman. And you're like, that's not what you think. Like, I know you don't think that. And I know you don't think that this yes. contestant thinks that. Well, it's totally yeah. inauthentic. Yeah, it is. And there's inconsistency. That's what bothers me about it. Like, so I had to do this training at the place that I work. It's oh, like yeah, not really true. a training, but we had to talk I about like body size inclusion, which is Which is crazy because you go to, you have a war, you, this is not a fake job. It's a real job. People it's make real money job. at this place of work. Yeah. Yeah, but it's remote work, so it's like, I mean, me, and I felt like everybody in the session, which was just my local team, was like, 
this is like irrelevant. I never think about it. You know, like I don't, I can't even tell what size your body is because I just, you're just see a your, floating your head. Face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like the opposite of that show. Like they, we haven't seen the bottom, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You show me the bottom. Then I can tell you whether or not <laughs> oh I'm including God. you or not. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No. So we had to do this session and it was just like, you know, weird. It was weird and uh, whatever. But like, some of it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, tell us because, some of the quotes. They're amazing. Oh my god! Well, one of the the articles we had to read these articles. I don't know where this came from. I think it came from like someone in HR was like they put these sessions together and then they tell people in the company like you need to or you I don't know if it's like you have to or you should like do these sessions with your teams. And so like no one from my team actually picked these articles, but like HR <laughs> had these articles for us to read. And then I read one of them and it was like, people, let me just read the quotes. Let me read. I'm going to pull up the quotes because they are so I had wild. Laugh. They're so wild. But before I get to the quotes, the thing I was just going to say a second ago was that it's just inconsistent because I've also watched like company training videos because you have to watch these like, you know, training videos when you come into the company onboarding, like how to handle different situations in the workplace and whatever. Usually they're like they are acted out by actors, you know, like and it's just the most ridiculous shit. But sometimes they're interesting, you know. So this one was like some guy like got really upset that he didn't get a promotion and he like had a divorce and he was going through a hard time and then he became an alcoholic and then he wasn't like showing up to work and he's like you know really disheveled at work kind of not talking to anyone and then his manager goes to her manager and she's like I'm really concerned about this guy you know he's not having a good time you know I think he's like has an alcohol problem and uh, and then they you know essentially the whole point is like I'm glad you brought this to me and I can connect him with HR and some resources to help him with his alcoholism. And so this is the thing to me. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't say that it's okay to intervene for people who have an addiction to alcohol, but it's not okay to intervene for people who have an addiction to food that's equally as unhealthy. And so that to me is like, that's what I really can't stand about it. It's like, and I'm not saying like, like maybe I'm not saying like maybe we should inter like we should intervene when people have addiction. Like maybe I'm like maybe we shouldn't even intervene with the alcoholic. I don't know. Maybe it's none of your business. Maybe the company shouldn't be involved in that. But just pick a stand. You know, like be principled about it. Like either intervene or don't. I don't like this. Well, I think it. the principle is which HR doesn't like to say things this directly, but we all know the purpose of HR and. HR intervenes on the alcoholism front and not the fat front because it's why if weed, well, I mean, I guess in some parts of the country it is legal, like became legal, your company might still be like, yeah, but you can't do weed at work. Like you can't. Because it affects the quality of drive your work. Company. Sure. Or you're driving like... a company vehicle or you're doing this or doing that for the company. Yeah. So you you become a liability is what I'm saying. Oh, now, they're only insurance company. Yeah, right. So they, so that's they're not intervening because poor guy has an alcohol problem. He needs help. They're intervening because that's a that's a liability. We need to make sure this doesn't. Oh, we got to make sure we cut co we cover our God. ass here and make sure we it's worse than took I a step here. You know what I mean? Like that's totally what yeah. it is. I get it. I get it. Yeah, whatever. So, anyways, in so this article, you, you got for you got confused. You thought HR was. Like human resource, like a resource for the humans. It's like no, I they, thought they were helping the us. title human resource means we just called this department what we think of the people who work here. They're just resources. 
They're just right, human resources. Right. And this exactly. is the managing branch of those human resources. We can't have them <laughs> dying off and not doing their job, you know. Right. They could be more and, productive if they weren't drunk all day. Yeah, we also don't want to pay high health insurance premiums, so we got to keep them, you know, got to keep them in balance exactly. or whatever. So whatever. So anyways, in this article, it said uh, they used the phrase, quote, people in fat bodies. Um, I loved that. I love that. It's just very weird. Like, to so separate the trans- actual body from the person. Like, the person is not the body. It's not the physical form. Like, you are something, and then you're, like, in the body. You know? It's kind of trans-like to me. Well, it's like if you were – I mean, no, because if you were talk, to talk about uh, – speak about trans in that way, you'd have to say this – man in a woman's body but i don't think that's correct i think according to the trans whatever movement or ideology uh that is a woman's body or a man's body if they say it is it is that so you wouldn't so but then they'd be offended too if you said oh you're just a man so you're like a man in a woman's body because some trans don't do the surgery right they just they're a man with a vagina not like on a that man show. in a woman's. They're not a man in a woman's body. They are a man with a man vagina. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Well, so aside from that, the other phrase I thought was interesting was, uh, quote, people can't be blamed for their weight, which I just thought, what? Like, what is this? People can't, and I'm sorry, but like, if you don't have any control over your weight, what are we talking about? Like, That just makes no sense. Like, of course you have control over weight. You can exercise. People lose weight all the time. That's what diets are. You know, (laughs) like that's, of course you have control. I don't understand. Like if you're the company, whoever is like in charge here where you work, I'm like, I'm thinking, what problem is this a solution for? Like, do we have an epidemic of employees going around just being like, fat ass, fat ass alert. I mean- who thinks it's okay to go around commenting on how fat fat yeah. people are? Like I, that's so bonkers to me. I've I never. I don't think seen you that. need to frame it in these terms to get rid of that. I feel like that would just be a mean person that doesn't. It's a kind of like you're not really. We're here to do work, you know, and you're like judging this person off of some basis. It's not their work, and so instead of specifying every which way in which you could judge someone not on their work, the thing that's directly relevant to what we're doing. Why don't we just focus on the thing that we should be judging people on, which is like their performance and their work and, you know, their camaraderie with the team? You know, like, why do we have to focus on all the negatives? That's the problem. I hate this. I hate where you're like, let's focus on all the ways in which things could go wrong instead of focusing on the one or few ways in which things could go right. It's a psychology of avoidance. It's a psychology of avoidance, and it's so corrosive to people. And I, like, literally psychologists know this. Like, if you have an avoidant psychology, like, that is problematic for you. Like, that will destroy your mental health. If you you go about your life and all you do, yeah, is try to, like, avoid things, bad things. Like, that's a fear-based psychology, and you will have lots of problems in your life. Instead, you need to focus on what you're striving for and your goals and your direction in your life and what you value and... Have a vision what are you saying there? What? How, how? Who's avoiding what in this? Like, explain your analogy. Like there. this whole diversity stuff. It's like an avoidant. Like all it is is like grievances. You know, it's like all the things we're trying to avoid, but they never specify what is it we're striving for exactly. 
It's like, well, we want to avoid people being mean mm. to fat people. We want to avoid people being racist. We want to avoid people being, you know, and it's like, but there's so many, like, there's literally infinite ways in which to miss the mark. You know, there's infinite That's ways true. in which to be yeah. rude. Yeah. Sometimes the smartest kid in the school is not, it's never the most attractive kid in the school. And oftentimes the most attractive kid in your, in your, you know, graduating class or whatever is like kind of has a reputation for being kind of a dumb dumb. Not because good looking people are dumb, but because you don't get to have every, you're not, nobody's perfect. Like nobody gets right. everything. So there is something weird that you're pointing out there where like you people, everyone has to have their cake and eat it to have, it has to be my way. And in order for that to exist, we have to make every single thing like in the, in the psychological sense, positively accepted like you have to well, proclaim yes that it's good that all the things are good because you can't have any di it's actually the opposite of diversity it's the right. opposite of diversity it's literally trying to convince everybody that everything is the same everyone is the same if you're right. fat you're just a person in a fat body if so if you're really attractive and fit you're just a, f a person in a fit body which is it, absolutely insane if you ask any of the people that have amazing, amazing physiques and you just told them that they can't be blamed for their body, you'd, they'd be like, I'll fucking, yes, I can't. Like, I I do, I go to the gym every day. I, I cost me hundreds of dollars a year in right. gym exactly. memberships and thousands of dollars in protein shakes. And I don't get to eat everything that I want. And I never go out and drink with my friend. You know what I mean? Like this, but that's what's important to that person. I've always right. said this and, and I don't fine. agree yeah. with this. Yeah, I don't fully agree with this, but in a, in a sense, it works for a lot of things. It's like you do what is most important to you. Like you prioritize things and the it's a tautology though. Like if you did it, then you prioritized it. Even if it's mm -hmm. getting drunk before work, it's like that's, you chose, you're kind of choosing that in some way. I understand that those choices can be more or less difficult for people. I, I, I feel like I have a fairly addictive personality. I understand what that might be like if it were connected to food. That would suck. But yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I mean, they said in that article, they were like, you can't compliment people, like refrain from ever complimenting people, you know, so dealing in absolutes here, refrain from ever complimenting people on their weight. And I was like, what is this? Like, these are the people who are like, we need to be more nuanced. We need to think about the edge cases and whatnot. But then at the same time, dealing, hit you on the left side of the head with a, you know, absolute. They're like, you know, think about this, think about that, think about it, but also never do this, never think about that. You know, and it's like, what, like, what is this? It's so inconsistent to me. And I take the point you're like, okay, like, yeah, not all weight loss is good. Like some people are losing weight because they're on a cancer drug or something, you know, like, and it's, they, they wish they wouldn't, weren't losing weight or whatever. And, you know, so it is contextual. Like you should think maybe before saying that, or like, you should know that that's actually like a desirable person or a desirable thing for that person. But also it's fine, like to make mistakes, you know, like say you do compliment someone and then they're like, actually, I'm like, you know, they explain the situation to you and then you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, Whatever, like you must move on. I just feel like that it, we're just getting into the we. Like, what is this? We're trying to control but people's relationships it, that, and like what they say. That goes infinitely, though, because it's like you could. What if you complimented someone on their haircut and then they're like, "Oh, I had to cut it because the chemo is making my hair fall out, so this just works better." It's like so now you know. Just again, 
can't compliment people's hairstyles either because their hairstyle right. might be reflecting exactly. of something that they don't like about themselves. And it's like, what, like that whole thing we used to say about uh, people used to call people snowflakes, like it is that, like to an extreme yeah. though. Re and it really yeah. is like, I hate when we get into a new word and then it gets overused to the point that it loses any potency. And that happens to all things, like all the observations that we have it becomes a meme gets overplayed get right. turns into a joke disappears but really what is going on i can't say i mean tommy loses 200 pounds he wants to tell you he lost 200 pounds he wants you to compliment him on his weight for god's sakes right it's so weird it's so weird and the thing it just makes me so angry i got so frustrated because i was like why is hr sending out these or whoever i don't know where it comes from sending out these articles and i was reading them and it's just like factually inaccurate like one of the articles was saying just made this claim it was like there's no research that correlates personality to weight loss and people make this stereotype that overweight people are lower in conscientiousness and then i looked it up and i was like wow there's a lot of research about personality and weight by the way <laughs> and one of the biggest correlations is conscientiousness and weight and actually as you become bigger the, the correlation is that you have lower conscientiousness and so the stereotype is actually right and these people are over here saying in this article that they're like people do this bad thing they stereotype and it's not right there's no research about this and it's like they're literally you didn't even search google like literally go search google like, and also that would be a relevant thing to know about. Like, that's a very interesting fact to know because you're like, conscientiousness happens to be the number one predictor of job performance. So the fact that conscientiousness is correlated with weight is kind of problematic. You know, I don't like, of course, there's variability and it doesn't mean that overweight people are always low in con conscientiousness. There's always in-group variability there, but... It's an interesting pernicious fact, and we don't want to even talk about that. All we, We're just going to use this claim that there's no research about this to justify why you should never compliment people on their weight. And it's like, wow, that's an extreme claim, and you use evidence that wasn't even true. So it just makes me irritated. It's, it's so the, irritating. It's the ultimate thing where, like, nobody is responsible for themselves, yes. ultimately. Like, it sounds yes. oversimplified, but, like, it truly is that because if you can't – if you can't control your weight, what do you have control over? Like, if you can't control what you eat, the thing you do all the time, every day, multiple times a day, then, like, we might as well all just degenerate into, like, complete slobs. You know, it's like, like just not doing say, anything no, for No, exactly. Ourselves. It's like people saying people with, you know, six weeks worth of fast food trash all over their vehicle are low, are probably, again, low in conscientiousness. but. This article uses the same logic that I'm about to use when I say there's actually no evidence that there's any link to personality type or personality and having a, a trashed house, a trashed car, a trashed everything in your life. But you're violating an inviolable thing called a tautology. It's like right, right. It, that is what conscientiousness is. It's right. literally exactly. follow through. It's It's going... My car, I don't want to make my car messy, so I'll have this trash and I'll put it in the trash can. Like, okay, that's almost a definition right? Exactly. of, of conscientiousness. Exactly. So you're, so you don't, they didn't even need oh to Google. God. They just had to know the definitions of the yes. words they were using. Literally. Like, it has nothing to do with your personality if you can't control, if you lack control over, you know, the things right. that you That's eat. called it's impulsivity like, and that's a facet of conscientiousness. It's the uh, it's the low and it's the bottom half of the pole 
Right. Low it's called low conscientiousness. It's literally called low conscientiousness, which is, again, fine. And you can be a fat, you know, actuatorial or whatever expert who it doesn't mean just because you have maybe low personality conscientiousness doesn't mean that you don't know high level derivatives and mathematics and calculus of all sorts and types that make you phenomenal at your job that doesn't right have any, that's you know the what I actual mean? nuance we're talking about it's like not every job requires you to be high in conscientiousness and not all large people or skinny people are low or high in conscientiousness and that's the kind of nuance i think we can accept but they or like these people who are so obsessed with nuance are like there's no research in absolute which is not true and then we should never do this because of that and it's like <laughs> and that's where true diversity comes from. So they want to say that everybody's diverse and bring something to the table, but they also want to say all those differences that you think you can see with your own eyes, you can't really see them. They're not real. And it's like, then where's the diversity coming from? You know, right. it has to exactly. come from somewhere. So you have a super highly conscientious person. A lot of times you have someone who has who lacks all creativity. And if you have a fat person who, like Tim Dillon, who's low in conscientiousness, high enough to become a multimillionaire, probably works for the government, to be honest. But, you know, has has uh, enough consciousness to do what he does, but not enough to not be fat. He struggles quitting smoking. He has addiction problems. So but he's highly creative. And that's the diversity I thought we were all going to be talking about. When we started saying we need diversity in the workplace. I mean, that's how it was sold to us is that if you keep out certain people, you won't have certain what ideas come to the table because you're cordoning off a particular group of people or whatever who right. actually have a diversity but the diversity we're looking for from those people is within them and we're actually saying that they might literally be correlated to their physiognomy their physiology the way they actually are look whatever right right that's almost a scientific fact and then yes. but at the same time the same people that sold us everything on that premise of probably to a certain extent correct explanations of diversity quickly continued to justify their claims using the opposite argument. I don't even know what they're saying about it. It's like it's like they want you to pretend that diversity doesn't exist. Only the diversity that we're talking about exists because the fat thing, it's like you're saying it's actually right. They're trying to have it in the both workplace. Ways. It's, it's like, completely irrelevant. Yeah. It literally doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do. Like it, it'll make it worse. The fact that you're talking about it now, I'm going to look around the office and go, who in here is fat? I never thought about that before. Oh God, my boss is kind of fat. Gross. You know, you, oh it God. brings yeah. it to mind, which is the it same reason. It brings it up too. Yes. That's what, that's the trans porn thing. You know, it's like, yes. why is it that trans people just, and it's not all trans people like other trans people. That's not how that works. Yeah. You can, being trans is a self-identity thing, so that's you can like whatever you want to like. And so the fact that the porn is blowing up and becoming much more popular means that there's some degree of a social contagion connected to literally just talking about trans people constantly. And then yeah. that makes people go, huh, interesting. Do I like that? I'm going to go look at that. I'm going to check this. You know what I mean? Like it. It no, they're trying that. to and erase so the diversity with like personality there. You're trying to say there's no personality differences that are correlated with anything else in the person, which doesn't make any sense because everything about your person is correlated with everything else about your person. Like every personality trait is correlated with things about the people because that is how that works. People are integrated things. Things go hand in hand. You know, everything's like everything. That's people say that's a quote from okay. This is a Marriage or whatever story. But like because that's how statistics works too. Like you will just find a correlation. You know, like it's – 
it is almost improbable not to find a correlation. Um, yeah. So, but so they're trying to erase that. They're trying to erase personality differences. But then at the same time, be like focusing on like, well, all these fat dif- body size differences. But then also erase the diversity of like how that might shape your experience. Like, but that doesn't make any, you any different. Like, oh, there's all these differences about person or body size, but that doesn't change anything. And it's like, well, which one is it? Because you're saying we need to change all these things because people have different body sizes. Like how big our offices are and how big our seats are and how many seats people can buy on a plane. Those were literal recommendations made in the articles that I read. But then you're also like, but this has nothing to do with people's personality or anything that they might experience in life. And you're like, what are you talking? It just, yeah, it's completely incoherent. Well, then I have, I'll ask you this question. I think this will segue into something else I want to just mention briefly, but where do you think that's actually coming from? And this is a question like I've asked my dad before who was in HR for his whole life, high, high level HR. And he gave me really weird answers that I was not, didn't, couldn't really do much with. But if, if this were, it's coming from somewhere, if we could accept that, it seems unified in some way, the messaging, the texture of it's Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. same. So if it's if it's planned, if it's coming from somewhere, what do you think? Why? I guess the question is why, but based on what effect you think it's ultimately really going to have, whether because it may not have the effect that we that it looks like it may be like we were just basically we were just talking about almost like a reverse psychology, like we tell you to be nice to black people and then it makes you recognize all the black people and think about black people all the time. And now you sound like a racist. So it has well, a reverse look, psychology effect. So based on what it's doing and what you think it's doing, what what do you think the point of it all is? What is it going to do ultimately to culture, to society, to the workplace? Ultimately, what's yeah. the long-term effect here? Well, let me first say the ironic errors thing, which is kind of what you just mentioned and we talked about before, but I don't think it ever got published. But like people know this is like this is the psychology, like don't think about a white elephant or a pink elephant, whatever color it is. Right. And immediately you think about a pink elephant. So that's the problem with salience. It's like in the article that came out in Science, the journal, like was titled How to Do, Think, and Say Exactly the Wrong Thing at the Wrong Time, which was to focus on the errors you are anticipating that you don't want to make. And so if you get people to focus on those things, they are more likely, not less likely, more likely to make those errors. And that is a huge finding in psychology. And that is exactly what we're doing. So if you bring salience up, and that's what I was saying, the avoidance psychology, to all these things people are trying to avoid, all the mistakes they want to avoid, all the ways in which they need to be sensitive to avoid certain things, avoid saying certain things, seeming a certain way, well, then those people are only more likely to make those mistakes because they're always, the theory is that they're always thinking about it. So it's like the hole you're always trying to not step in that you, you know, you're keeping your eye on and then you accidentally step in it because you're, you know, you're focused on it and so you're, you're drawn toward it. So that's what I think is like long term the effect. But you asked where it's coming from too. And I wanted to as, answer that question as well because I looked up some of this stuff. So they, that article that was like people are in fat bodies and never say anything about people's weight, never say they can control their weight. They were quoting this research by this researcher and I was like, who is this person? Who's this researcher doing this research? You know, like I'm going to go look her up or this person up. I didn't even know who it was. I looked it up. And so this person who's doing all this research about anti-fatness and blah, blah, blah. I could not believe it was so ironic. It was so ironic. This researcher looks like a supermodel. She looks gorgeous. She's a white woman who looks amazing. She looks amazing. So I was like, why is this white woman who looks beautiful and very thin 
why is she doing all this research on anti-fatness? You're like, what is this about? And I just think that it's like, it's exactly what you think it is. You know, like the stereotype of like, you know, uh, oh, like I want to be seen as like the moral hero or whatever. Like I, you know, like some sort of like virtue signaling people say, but it's also like you're getting, uh, it's like transactive, like you're getting value out of it. Like people see you, you can be perceived as like someone who takes care of other people, who looks out for the weak and whatever. And in order to do that, you actually have to position other people as like, kind of less than you, like that fat people are kind of like worse than me. Like I'm actually superior and like I should leverage my privilege as being a skinny person to help these fat people out. And that is really, that's really disturbing to me. Like that comes from a really dark place where you actually do think, like you really do judge those people for being fat. And that's why you're not fat, by the way, um, because you're trying to avoid being fat. And then you're like twisting that around and you're trying to sell everybody this idea that like, Oh, you know, like I'm just I really care about, you know, the the poor or whatever. It's like the rich, you know, it's like, no, you're fucking terrified of being poor. You don't care about the poor. You don't even want to be you cannot you. That's your worst fear is being poor. That's why you're fucking billionaire. You know, like your whole life has been oriented around avoiding this. So you don't really care about this. And you're like moralizing to everyone to gain status about it. So that's where I think it comes from on an individual level. Now, in the corporate level, I mean, I think that. People, that's you know, the, you have, that's the other question. Like, well, yeah. how does that? So, because I think that was a, a perfect explanation of a lot of it, and and probably that's that's it's probably not even that she's doing the best research. It's probably literally because of the huge coinky dink of her uh, person, her <laughs> right. who she is, that made her be the most famous one. You know what I mean? Like, it's also another novelty. Like, oh, how interesting. Like, the hottest girl I've ever seen is the fat people are beautiful and so are uglies. Like, so very interesting. Right. And everybody knows the best research is done by people who really struggle with the problem that they're researching with. You know, like, it's when people, like, have a disease or someone that they really love has a disease and they're like, I just had to figure this out. Like, this I is, can't This is why you have to... It. That's why you have to be weary, too, of psychologists, by the way, therapists. That, too. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so... So there is so definitely so like she probably let's just think of this through she is probably a, it's to some level a little vain. She's probably a little overly fixated on her physical appearance, how beautiful she is. Right. She knows it. I think that is a weird place to be um to like think and know that you are attractive cuz some people like to pretend that like attractive people don't know that they're attractive. Oh but a lot of times they do. Of course know, they know. You know what I mean? You know, and like, like I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm not ass ugly. And I You're know You're not that, no one's cup know? of tea. When I'm not in a great mental place, I can start getting a little hard on myself. <laughs> I'm aging. That's unfortunate. I should probably drink less or something because I hate it. I'm also <laughs> vain. But... So that, but so I can totally see that being something where, for some reason, that gives some people a little bit of a hang up. So I could understand it for like the people that do that weird sexual psychology research. Like I go, okay, what are you into? But <laughs> this person, this is an interesting one because it's so to me, it's like kind of so uninteresting to be like a little fixated on your idea of your beauty. But I get that that could happen to you, but I still don't really know why. So you think it. Do you think it starts that way or if it just continues that way? Like, how does that? So, so let's say that is how it starts. All these kind of weirdos or whatever, something else is going on. They come up with this research. Why does it catch on? 
why is it permeating culture now? That's the craziest question, because like what you're saying is that if you did distribute this ideology on a broad scale, like it's actually going to have detrimental effects. Does anyone is nobody paying attention? Is it just a way to like it's like, oh, new research. I can make money. I could just make an organization that teaches people how to not think about how fat other people are by just they pay me money and I go tell them don't think about how fat people are which doesn't work and it just makes people think they're fat but it's all just a big grift anyway so who knows where it's coming from it doesn't matter yeah why does or is it, it catch meant on? to break well, down society <laughs> like what is going on here i mean i think it really is like part of it's like a counterfeit like it really it emulates something that is good and actually looks quite like it where someone would take a position of privilege and use their privilege and power and influence to protect a vulnerable person and that is righteous. Like the true form of that is actual righteousness, like to take your strength and defend the weak when it costs you to do that. Now, this is not that. This, because you're not, you're not actually helping these people by doing that. So you can't say that you're using your position of privilege or power or influence to actually help the weak people because you're not helping them escape or whatever they're the actual health problem that we know as like obesity, like that's a clinical problem, like it's a medical problem, like that is not good for your health. It's associated with all these terrible like long-term health conditions, like high blood pressure and heart disease, and it, you know, yeah, so the they hard used to say problem, it was an obesity epidemic, and yeah. it's yeah, so it's easier to just research about it, write about it, philosophize about it, and it's hard to actually solve the problem. So you right, and so you're right. drawn to the easy way out or something. Exactly. And you can frame this like it almost you can feign that you're using your privilege to help these people. And I think that people get confused. They can get tricked by that, um, the counterfeit. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think it takes off. But the other thing I think is that it's kind of like the propaganda thing you said in the last episode or one of the episodes where you were like, well, this propaganda thing, the left, it's so interesting because the left has like made themselves into propaganda in the sense that like they've sort of said we are the the un, we are the party for the underlying urges and instincts of human beings which is like we are the party for progress like which are just like these truisms like everybody you know wants progress and so i think that it's almost like that too because that's what you're saying like when people say these are it's like well aren't you inclusive like and it's like aren't you good a good person you know and it's like well yes because everyone like kind of has those implicit beliefs but this is not that like but you've said it like you've made it you've put the post there for me to argue with you about it you're like well this is what a good person like aren't you a good person and then i have to now argue like well that's not what even is a good person like now we have to define that like how is this good you know and i think that that's why it gets so you know it takes off especially in the media world like i think that it wouldn't take off so much in the actual literal physical world where people actually have conversations and discussions about this stuff but in you can't have that sort of tedious conversation about like well what do you mean it's good like define good like on a social media thread like you're not you know that's not going to happen so i think that that's another part of it too yeah i that's why propaganda and media is so dangerous like i think that one is that it like Elul says, like it takes up all of your mental capacity. So it ends up doing all your thinking for you. There's plenty of diversity out there, but it's just enough diversity to seem like there's diversity in opinion and thought, Fox, CNN, whatever, podcasters. There's just enough diversity to make you feel like you're thinking. 
because you've heard a little of this, a little of that, and I disagree with that. I agree with this thing more than that thing. I've thought about it, but you're not really thinking. You're letting other people, other media do all that thinking for you, and you think you're coming to your own conclusions. And I think that's super dangerous. So I like to use this right, phrase, and right. I never know when to actually throw it into a sentence, but I like to try. And it's this idea of being not even wrong. And I think that makes you super dangerous and yes. mostly dangerous to yourself. We're like, and it's kind of the error that you can come to in like research where you mistake correlation for causation. So you, you know, that's how you end up banning uh, ice cream because all murderers eat ice cream. Like you, you're not even wrong. Like they all do eat ice cream, but that has nothing to do with anything. It's just some, some error. correlation. Yeah. But the better, but the more verisimilitude that the situation has, the more seem, the more, the, the more. Yes. The count, that's what the counterfeit part of it is. I think the more, it's like they're not even wrong on some fronts because some of the things they say, they are true. Like, and that's what gets Well, like diversity being like, okay. and, And like sometimes good, like, Yes. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. Some of the premises Correct. and underlying implicit assumptions about the argument, like, I think really do appeal to deep instincts about people. Like, all people are good. People want to be accepted. People want to be a part of a community. And people understand that in order to be a part of a community, you have to have a tolerance for the diversity that inherently exists within that community. And I think so. Yeah, I think we said really intelligent things on this matter. But and I, I wanted to throw this idea out there because I think this is what's coming I haven't formulated, I think this conversation would, if I were to try to formulate it, this conversation we've had would like be a huge help in formulating my idea here and like coming to like a, some reasoning behind my thought. And the thought is there's going to be at some point I'm what I'm going to call a right wing overreaction because everything seems oh, to be, yeah. all this kind of crazy seems to be coming from the left. So Left have overreacts, to, right overreacts. Yeah, just stuck in a pendulum. But the left course. is like, like, maybe you could think they are overreacting. And maybe this is just how it goes. But I think it could be, you could also think it's kind of like the whole globalist narrative. Like these globalists, this global everything. We want, you know, nationalism. And you could overreact into a, a form of nationalism you really don't want to see. And Right, right. Scary. You might Scary think you do. There are, yeah, there are people out there that are that do want that, and they sound they scare me a little bit. The Handmaid's Tale is what I always think about. That book. Oh, there's a TV show you can watch. Is it also a book? But basically, like this other USA has taken over. It's this right wing, and they're trying to solve the population crisis, and da, 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 da. it's like breeding. It becomes really dystopian, you know. And I think that that might actually be the end result of a lot of this. And I think the reason for that is that it, I have this, Hmm. I don't know if I've had this experience, but I have this feeling and I feel like I see it sometimes and you can, you definitely see it. And like people kind of getting shaky in their loyalties to their political parties, for example, they're like, I don't really know anymore. Like, Oh, the white Republicans got weird. Oh, the Democrats are going crazy. I don't know. I'm going to reject that. And it's like caught a lot of people, I think, will kind of have this like snap. There's like a little moment where like a straw breaks the camel's back, but just a little bit. I don't even mm-hmm. think it it has to be like frantic. And it, I feel like that almost makes the ground maybe fertile for something new to step in because people still don't want to think for themselves. 
they just haven't heard the right thing. So I think we've seen that in yeah. like the exodus from mainstream yes. media. Go everyone now goes to like podcasts. It's like, but be careful because this whole podcast world can do exactly the same thing that you're yeah. and is doing exactly the same thing that you think that you're being saved from. But you're you're walking just into the exact same trap again, right? They, Especially if you, you just listen to the same people over and over, yeah. Exactly. With the same takes or so, the same sort of genre of people, you know, because even that happens where you get cordoned off into like a a segment, you know, like you just you know the same types of people who hang out with each other or make podcasts, you know, have the same kinds of ideas, and they never encounter people who have just totally different ideas, and that's another part of the internet or the podcast right. landscape or whatever, and yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a problem. And I think people get primed to like react to an alternative as things degenerate. I think you become more and more susceptible to like people who come in and say they're going to fix everything or ideas that seem to be an answer to the chaos. And I think that you can run too hastily into, you know, a, a self-proclaimed savior's arms or whatever. And that's the, yeah, that's the concern, I feel like, is that when you are brought to your knees, when you're very vulnerable um, and you're actually needy, you become very susceptible to people who are feigning righteousness, who are feigning leadership, who are feigning care and concern for you. Or feigning the thing that you crave. Like, I think yeah. that's the the psyop of yeah. RFK and Vivek. Like, that's those guys might be are they authentic plants. they are might they not? be part, you know what i mean yeah. but they come but they have that feeling of like oh well this isn't every other politician i've heard like maybe this will help you know and people are are latching on to those things but they might be present pre, you know presented by your enemies you you have no idea but because it seems so refreshing you're right. thirsty and it's a cool sip of water you're like this is the stuff but you can't taste the poison you know right that or you're so desperate water. for the water you just take it anyway yeah you don't care you kind of figure it probably is poison I'll give me a few which is the equivalent what choice of going, do I have yeah right it's the equivalent of going I don't know Trump seems kind of crazy but I guess I'll vote for him anyways he's better than Hillary oh I guess right. uh I RFK might you know do blah 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 well I guess I'll vote for him anyway and that's the equivalent of just going, this is poison water, but I'll drink it anyways. I don't know what, what else you can do. I don't know. The voting thing is kind of weird. But yeah, there's some. Yeah. No, speaking. We're, we're reaching to uh, PSYOPs. I am. Um, there was a. This is so funny. This was like a little side story. But I was at work the other day and uh, just meeting this coworker. You know, she'd come back from paternity leave. I'd never met her before. And, you know, we were just meeting. And, uh, you know, I asked her where she lived, what she does. She's like. Oh yeah, you know my uh, my husband. He works in. Uh, he used to work in military, government, psychological operations. And I was like, "Did you just tell me your wow. husband works in psyops?" Like, <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, I need to. Yeah, I was like, "That's so crazy." And then she, they're just funny because she didn't seem to be like. You know, she was just like, that's just what he does. You know, it's not it's not like what you think. It's not like propaganda. It's just psychological operations. And I just thought the like cognitive dissonance of the situation was like <laughs> so wild. It was so it's wild. Okay. Yeah. And then she said too, the the craziest thing she said after she was like, Well, she doesn't work or he doesn't work for the government anymore. He works for uh, Microsoft now doing the same thing. And I was like, Oh, wait, what? doing the same thing. Yeah, I was like, what does that mean? What jobs at Microsoft are there where you can do psyops? Like, 
Except mean he's the head of marketing? <laughs> Didn't you just send me a job request for Apple? Oh, yeah. I sent you because I found this crazy thing. Someone in, I know, I like this lady. She shared this job on LinkedIn and she was like, interesting job. Wonder what they're up to. <laughs> you know, kind of like tongue in cheek. But it was this job at Apple that's like. Quarter million dollar a year salary for it. That's for sure. Yeah. For like bio, biotech, essentially, like some form of biotech that Apple seems to be working for on. Apple. Yeah. And who Very knows what weird. it is, but it was they wanted someone who had like epidermal Crazy. expertise, like yeah. something about like really implanted. Weird. Yeah in technology, in the skin, under the skin. And uh, yeah, that's all it said. It was just really weird. It was really weird. I mean, you know that's what they're trying to do, though. I mean, I think that their AR stuff is going to go inside the body. Like, I think, I don't know if it's going to be like a contact or like a behind the ear thing or like a, you know, like it'll just, you'll see it in your mind's eye. I don't know what it'll be, but they're definitely working on that. I mean, 100%. And they're probably also working on other things like for, you know, like they have those uh, epidermal keys or whatever. Like you can go and unlock your door with a little microchip that you've implanted under your skin uh, that just sends like RFID to your door um, so you don't have to use keys, which seems like the dumbest thing to me. Like just use the fucking keys, you know, like what the like how is it more convenient to have a surgery where someone puts a chip under your skin? Like what is this? Um but anyway, yeah, so they could be working on stuff like that, too. I mean, I know. I don't know. I, I've heard that kind of thing about, like, the vaccine passports, like, not even conspiracy, like, that that's how they'll kind of work. It's like that there'll be these under-the-skin things that, like, have RFIDs, like, about so – they'll just have the data about what sort of vaccines that you have or, like, you know, your identity, and then you just – the machines would automatically be able to detect that information as you walk through, like, an airport or something. Well, Microsoft or Bill Gates, one of the two, had a patent on Lucifer, Luciferase, a chemical Luciferase, agent. Yeah, I think that's in uh, Lightning Bugs. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But they were going to use that for the with the vaccine as well to verify vaccine status or something like that. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about all that. That was just a little side tangent. But I had this one other thing to share, and then I'm done. We got to go. But um, on the diversity topic, so I came across this article. This is not – well, there's two versions. I found this in an article that was like, look how bad this is. But then I went to the source article, and it says the exact thing that they say, but they don't seem to think it's a problem, which I've just found very interesting, speaking of dichotomy and propaganda – So you have this article from the Washington Free Beacon, and it says, covering the enemies of freedom the way the mainstream media won't. I don't don't know. I don't ever go. I mean, it's just an article I found, whatever. But the article headline reads, just 6% of new S&P jobs went to white applicants. 6% went to white applicants for new S&P jobs in the wake of George Floyd, analysis shows. So this says that only 6% of new S&P 100, so these are the top 100, companies by revenue, I think, um, in the S&P index or whatever, um, went to white applicants in the year after George Floyd's death. And so they link to a Bloomberg article which did this research. And so this is the Bloomberg article headline, and it says it's in the section equality, and this says big take. This is a big take for equality. And the headline reads, corporate America promised to hire a lot more people of color 
period. It actually did. And then it says, subheadline, the year after Black Lives Matter protests, the S&P 100 added more than 300,000 jobs. 94% went to people of color. And so I just thought, it's so interesting because you have one article saying, hey, look, only 6% of jobs went to white people after George Floyd. And that's a bad thing. Like, you can just think about, like, obviously that doesn't seem proportional at all. That's the same kind of problem that people who want more diversity hinge their argument on is that it's not proportional with the population and that's why it's bad. So that, you know, you can take that argument and say this is a bad thing. But then the the Bloomberg article reframes it the opposite way and says 94% went to people of color. Isn't this so good? Corporate America is actually hiring more people of color. As if like the only problem is that we're just not hiring enough people of color. And so it goes in to break out all these things. Um, you know, so like you can read the article. I'll try to link it in the show notes. Um, and it's just so interesting. So this is data from 2020 and 2021. For They got data from 88 of the top 100 companies in the S&P 100. Um, and yeah, just so they talk about, you know, all these stats and whatnot. They break Which it up all by... all BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, by the way. Yes. And it's just so interesting because... So it wasn't just... So they break it up two by level. So they have like less senior roles, which are like sales, laborers, service workers, and others. That's what it says here. And then they have professionals, which are like jobs that require degrees, then managers, and then executives. And they broke it up by like those categories. And you see that the phenomenon happened across like all levels. Like it wasn't just, oh, we hired more 94% of black people at like low levels, which would not be, you know, very good, I think, to some people. Yeah. It was like, well, we hire them across all levels. And it's just so wild. I mean, there's so many stats in here you can just look. But the weird thing I thought was just how, like, they don't mention it all in the Bloomberg article, how crazy it is that only 6% of the new jobs were filled by white people. Because, and I looked this up, I had to, like, find, so what's the relevant, you know, uh, population statistic? And so if you look at white people in the labor force, so this is like all the people who could get a job. So there's people above 18 and like below retirement age or whatever who are physically capable. And if you look at that population of the United States, that's 77% of that is whites. So to know that only 6% of the new hires were white, I feel like it just begs like that people were being chosen because of their skin color, which is totally abhorrent to me. That's totally insane and unequitable, unfair. And I thought this was happening. So I suspected this was going on because I was in a situation where I was at a company and they were going to hire this person and they were essentially going to hire this person because they were, they were going to hire a less qualified person because they were a minority status. And I thought it was so wrong at the time. And then, since then, I've seen pictures, and I kid you not. So this is like, there's these internships called Associate Product Manager Internships. They're very difficult to get into. Like, they're probably the most difficult programs to get into these. And these are like, if you want to become a product manager at a technology company, you have to get into one of these programs right out of college from your undergraduate degree. And you have to have had internships, and they're very competitive. And, like, people will brag, like, oh, these things have lower acceptance rates than Stanford and whatnot because so many people apply and so few people get in. And so I'm, you know, there's like these cohorts that get into these programs. They're just summer internships um, 
for these students. And I saw pictures of these things on LinkedIn. Like it would be like, oh, look at the associate product manager interns this summer at, you know, at LinkedIn, for example, like as a company that does does them Um, because they're a technology company. And I would look at the pictures and I just remember one very vividly. I don't remember the company, probably best not to say it anyway. But I remember one and I didn't (laughs) even read the caption. And I thought the picture was an employee resource resource group. I thought it was like blacks at this company because everyone was a person of color. And then I read it and it was like, look at our associate product manager interns. And I was like, what? I was like, there are literally no white people. Like there are no white people. It was insane. I was, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm not saying that like, you know, there should be all white people. I'm just saying like, how improbable is it that there'd be no white people? Like you're telling me no white people were qualified for this job? An interesting phenomenon. I mean, I don't, it is so, the thing that's so striking to me is that it's so obviously coordinated on some higher level. Like it's just obvious. It doesn't happen to the top, the S&P 100 and to these top level universities and in the company that you work for and here and there, you know, it's like it does, that doesn't, that's not yeah. in any way random or a coincidence that is coordinated. And I don't know what they're doing by doing that. I don't know. Well, it's so weird too, because is. if you're not growing, like if you're not just hiring new people and this is some of this, like you have to look at this research in this Bloomberg article. It's just shock. Just think about it for yourself. Like don't, read their take because their take is asinine and stupid. Um, but just look at the statistics and like think about it. Like it's crazy. So this Nike one, so they t- they single in on Nike specifically and says, Nike's U.S. workforce underwent dramatic shifts at every level. And so they break it out by executives, managers, professionals, and less senior people that don't have degrees, those kinds of jobs, like I said a second ago. And they break it out by white, Hispanic, black, Asian, and other races in all of those different categories. And you see, looking at the chart, that whites decreased in every category. And they're the only group, except for executives where blacks went down, they're the only group that decreased. And so what's, it's not that companies are just hiring new people and the new people happen to be people of color instead of white people. It's that white people are being removed from the labor force in, and replaced like by people of color. And so then you start, and I don't want to sound like the people who are like, it's replacement theory or whatever, but it kind of starts to look like, what's going on? Like, And then you get to these arguments about that Harvard and UNC made in the Supreme Court, which is like, you have to, like, and this is what the Supreme Court ruled. They were like, well, look, if college admissions are zero sum, so like a benefit given to one group is a detriment given to another group, because if someone gets the job or someone gets the admission in the case, then someone else right. doesn't get it. And so if you give preferential treatment to one person, that hurts someone else's opportunity to get in. And so that's clearly what's showing out in this data is that some people are getting preferential treatment and other people are being hurt by this. Like whites are now leaving the workforce. So you're not being, you know, they're literally having to leave the company. And so it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. And I don't know, like it just is so unsustainable. And I'm not for you know, not having diversity in the workplace. Like, I think, yeah, you do want a diversity of people and whatnot, but this is not, like, this is so toxic and so corrosive. And this seems like racist to me. Like, looking at the data, I'm like, how is this anything but evidence of clearly racially motivated hiring policies? 
Yeah. And I I guess my biggest question would be is it are they doing it to avoid some some form of backlash or whatever, you know, like of being attacked for not being diverse or and it will all even out and they just had to get their shit together or I don't even think I know what replacement theory is. I don't think I. I think I, I get what, the I think idea, it's the idea, but idea I don't know that like, fun, white people yeah. are being replaced by brown. Or sorry, it's actually I think it's the opposite. It's like brown people are being replaced by. No, no, I had it right the first time. It's that white people are being replaced by brown people or something. I think it's a conservative like anti. Sorry, not just but it's like a far right like whatever like extremist sort of like idea that like. That's how it gets presented. I'm not saying that it is that. I'm just saying that that's what people yeah, say. Yeah. It's like this far right idea that, oh, like we're replacing good white people with with people of color or something. Or I don't know. Maybe that's wrong too. I I wonder I don't what know. that conspiracy thinks that the ultimate goal is. I think if I had to guess that it's kind of like this is how you. I think you have to be careful when you talk about this. But this is how you like defeat a culture a people without like all out war maybe it reminds me of yuri bezmanov's thing that that's that talk that that russian kbg guy gave and talked about how the mm. ideology would be used to infiltrate america and how it would happen and he seems to have been right he's like a russian but, guy former kgb yeah. or something and i think it's i i want if that's the overarching idea it is it does become difficult to believe that it's not somehow true like there something is going on where it's like these people are replacing they have this whole ideology where they want to replace white people with black people and like uh, the top levels of corporations from bottom to top and everything in between and then you go no that's some crazy racist conspiracy theory and then the people that say that's some crazy racist conspiracy theory go and hire 90% people of color, 6% people right. of black. It's just, the there's people. the data. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then you're like, so, okay, so you, you're you not doing a replacement theory, but you're doing all the steps of replacement theory, theory, just not saying that it is replacement theory. Like it's... Right, exactly. That's an interesting... It's improbable. Thought. It's just statistically improbable that if we are hiring based on objective criteria, that it would be so few white people, only 6%, given that 77% of the labor force is white. It, it's just improbable. It's improbable that the qualifications of people would be distributed that way to me across different levels of the organization. But it also is different. So you can look at the data. And I mean, they break it up by some of the companies in here. And it's different by different companies. And they try to like show you different companies. And so like they break it up for, uh, I think it's CVS here or something. Yeah, CVS and Amazon. Nike is the weirdest one because all the white people decline. But in Amazon, you see, you know, different racial groups increased at different levels or whatever and cvs it looks maybe it looks bad cvs it says most growth for people of color at cvs was in less senior roles and so you see you know the most people or most growth was for black people in less senior roles um, but for all the other categories the most growth was for white people and i think you can look at that and say oh my god white people so bad but also white people are the majority of the workforce so it should be most right. white people like you would think that that makes sense like Unless all the white people are just really unqualified and it actually should be the other people, 
But if you think that qualification is kind of roughly equivalent across racial groups, then you'd suspect that it would sort of map onto the population distribution uh, of the of racial At least categories. the applicants. Right, yeah, exactly. Or, of, or the of whatever the that distribution looks like spread over those applicants, you may end up with more, uh, you may end up with something a little heterodox or something, you know, and go, oh, okay, whatever, you know, like, but that doesn't matter. Because in one sense, you're kind of like, well, we're all, we all need a job. We're all Americans. I don't, you know, I right. actually don't really care individually necessarily, you know, if, if one CEO gets hired and they're a black CEO, like, okay. Like, like completely inconsequential. I, I don't even think about it. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised when Herman Cain is a multimillionaire and ran some huge restaurant chain or whatever it was he did. It's like, of course he did, you know, or Ben Carson. I'm just going with like Republican black. Like a doctor. Prominent in the media. Oh my yeah. He was like a, a brain surgeon that I think I read his book, you know, it's like, but I wasn't like, oh my God, look at that black guy being able to do things that white people do. It's my like, God, I, I yeah. never thought about it so that way. Racist. I was just like, this guy's a brain surgeon genius or whatever, you know, or who, whoever does whatever, you know? Right. Again, so, the salience then, of race and color, like even just this research, I feel like is so damaging because it like makes the whole thing about, because I don't even want to think about it, you know, like let's well, just the research hire people is helpful, who are qualified, but yeah. The research is helpful because the thing happened. So the research didn't do the thing. Right, the research well, said, yeah. hey, there was a thing. Isn't that interesting? And look, it's right after George Floyd. So it's like, what a weird message. You know, like, thanks for telling me that a black guy died and then all of the major corporations in the world hired a bunch of black people afterwards. Like, that's actually pretty, pretty fucking weird. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's pretty weird. It's like, it's like How it's like being like I have a black friend. I'm not race. Yeah, I'm not racist. I I have I have tons of black friends. It's like okay, like that's a weird thing to say. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of weird. Yes, it's just to say total ran proof. To, in random. Yeah, that we're captured by the media. Like it, we live like Nike literally, didn't kill him. Yeah, in like sort of this weird, I don't know, corporatocracy or whatever, where it's like, like the idea that like. George Floyd was one person. Like, that is literally an anecdote. It's it's terrible situation, terrible thing, but it's an anecdote. You know, whatever. It's a dubious real, situation, too. I'm not even too. sure that it's real. But anyway. It's so exactly. It's, it's one of the anecdote. most fuzzy examples. That's what. Yeah. That's actually important. That it's like, there's people die unjustly all the time. Exactly. exactly. Why did you pick one that was completely, like, was going to not be certain? You know, he had like... Oh, they're like fentanyl. He ate drugs. He didn't eat drugs. He had a heart attack. He didn't. He got choked out by his neck. Is that? He's like, okay. He's like working with this other guy as like a bouncer. There's like counterfeit money involved. Like you pick the most confusing case ever to justify everything on. Right, and then and you I see think this they do that kind of reaction. stuff on purpose. Yeah, by companies. So you see how sensitive they are to the media, which is to me, it's like you want to think that companies are like these meritocratic enterprise you know they're they're hiring people based on their qualifications and they're you know it's rigorous and competitive but you see that it's really not like the media just one story of one you know racist incident now means that 94 percent of the new hires now need to be people of color and it's like what like i thought you guys were more immune to this sort of stuff i thought business was less connected with media and now you see how close that connection is because of it i'm like it's just scary it's so scary how it is weird and it's are. like are you re are you rewarding black people or punishing white people you know it just it's very strange right well it's also yeah i mean i think the 
steel man for the argument about George Floyd is like, well, because people don't like think in statistics, people are more receptive to the the one person suffering than the millions suffering. And I or think they're, they're writing a wrong, like maybe maybe 13 percent of the population is black. And for the past 20 years, they've been hiring two percent black people. If, if you looked at the did the research and looked at the applicant pool and said, OK, yeah, you were actually just throwing these in the trash. That's one finding that tells you something. And it's important to know if that's what happened. It may be that they that the applicant pool actually doesn't ref, the applications don't even reflect the general population. Then you have a different a different problem with a different solution. Exactly. Where, and yeah. we were doing the easy thing, which is not figure out why would that be happening? It could be all sorts of things. They don't like it. They don't, you know, it's uh, some cultural thing. It's an uh, opportunity thing. They're, you maybe know, they don't could have be a any number of things. Maybe they're not educated. You and know, maybe there's the right a reason. And, yeah. And there might be an unjust reason why that happens. And there exactly. may be an unjust reason why, you know, with urbanization and all that kind of stuff. So you have to know. And But we right. did not do any of that, apparently. We just said, black guy got killed. Time right, to hire, exactly. Uh, but that's a bunch probably, of black people. To... Find the injustice and rectify it. You can't solve injustice with more injustice, like just against a levied against a different group of people. Yeah. You know, I was trying to steal, man. I just realized I didn't make my point. My point is (laughs) if they sorry, if they were if they were doing something that was identifiably weird with racially and hiring. They then the steel man in that case would be they're fixing an error. They're overcompensating and going, look, that was whoops. We, I don't know how that happened. We're not going to do that. I have, I find it a little difficult to believe that that's what happened. I bet it's almost always on qualification nepotism at the higher levels. My dad was in, does does tons and tons of hiring. And he always said basically that a lot of times, I think it was like your applications would kind of fit, would almost match your customer base anyways. And then your internal hires of promotions and stuff kind of reflected that as well. Like everything, it all, it wasn't necessarily perfect, but it all made sense. Cause he was like, he told me, cause they did like a lot of restaurants. He said, some restaurants, it's like a bunch of women, some restaurant, it's a bunch of Mexican guys. Like it has so much to do with all sorts of things it has to do with the area has to do with the customer base has to do. Sometimes he's like, it has to do with the manager. Like we've had managers that were women and like almost everyone that worked there was like a woman. It's like, well, that's because there's some hiring preference going on there. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like a, one of those little walking malls where there's actually a lot of female customers. You know, it, it all kind of parses itself out. But my point being that human resources yeah. is has been thinking about that kind of stuff for the past 50 years. That's what they do. That's part of yeah. what they do is literally hire, fire, figure all that demographics and stuff out. So it's a little – it would be weird if that yes. if it was really that nefarious – originally but it's possible but it only goes one way anyways it's only if there's too many white people because i just find it absolutely insane that you go to stores now or what i was in a coffee shop the other day and it was like some bar chocolate sitting on the counter and it was like the one of the selling points on the bar chocolate was like women and bipoc owned and i was like this makes me not want to buy your chocolate that sounds racist as hell like, that would be like if you had a chocolate bar that said white owned. Like, we like that just white people own this. Or we like that just white people work here. 
And it is advertising based on victim status. Like that's yeah, weird. it's like it's weird. I don't like that. Like I don't appreciate that. I think it should be equal opportunity for everyone who wants to work at your company. I don't think it's a selling point that certain people are excluded from owning your company because of their race and gender and sex or whatever. You know, it's like I don't even think it's that deep. I think it's it's even more blah, which is like you should buy you why is that a marketing point well you want to help a black person right like it's such a weird marketing right it appeals to, be to like, those people yeah exactly yeah i mean i get it but i also it's like doesn't seem very helpful but i it's similar to like locally grown it's like similar to help a local farmer it's similar to yeah, you but know, people aren't complaining about buy... like Athleta that has like 90% women in the workforce. Like it's literally most people at the company at Athleta are women and it, no one's complaining. No one's complaining that there are no men there. And it's like, okay, yeah. like, well, if that's acceptable, then what, like, what is the argument? Like what, what are we saying? Corporate companies can't, like Athleta is a corporate company. Can they not have, you know, like, do they need to have diversity? What are we talking about? Yeah, it's just so incoherent. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It makes me... <sighs> makes me wild. Makes me wild out on it. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Because I don't want an overreaction either. I just want people to just act right. Just act right. Like, let's... Yeah. I mean, we can have a nuanced take about it, you know? Like, we can have... I'm willing to discuss it. Like, I think that having diverse talent recruiting pipelines makes a lot of sense. You know, that makes the most sense to me. And then I think that's probably the best you can do as a company without having to get off track, like without having to start giving preferential treatment to certain people in order to get them hired. But I think if you're having to do that, then the problem isn't really the job, like hiring product. It's really like, how do we get the people to have skills that they need? This was something when I worked at the I'll have to leave that out. Um, when I worked but at a beep. consulting shop, it was like mostly economists there. It was an economic consulting firm. And, uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of people of color uh, at the at the partner level. And uh, the problem was that you had to have a PhD in economics and there were just so few people of color that had PhDs in economics. Like, and that was a de facto requirement of the job. Like you, because you are an expert witness and part of your expert is that you have a license. Like you have to have the PhD in order to literally be like on the stand as an expert witness. Like that's one of the things right. that builds your credibility. And so they just couldn't hire people and people would like complain. And they literally said, they were like, we can't solve this problem. Like, like there were only eight people of color last year that graduated with PhDs in economics, you know, it's like, that's like, what are we going to do? Like hire all in of the them? country? Like, it was some, yeah, was it was something the, crazy. Those like, levels? Wow. It wasn't eight, but it was like, it was really low. Like, very it, low. Like, yeah. Because there's not that it wasn't many PhD the economists. Yeah. Right. No, it was very low. And I mean, shockingly low. And so, yeah, I mean, you just can't do stuff about that. I mean, you could say, well, we need to. And like, you have to be, that's not, even if you get the PhD in economics, like that's, there's still, still a lot of things that have high, to fall into it's place. It's a very high risk, a high risk degree in a lot of ways. Yeah, you have to like one be aligned to the like kinds of economics that the firm is doing. Like, not everybody's a competition econo or economist. Like, you have to like some people study like family economics, like microeconomics. Like, that wouldn't really be appropriate for you to come work there. 
And then the other thing too, and then people say this, it's like, what if they just don't want to do that job? You know, like what if it's just natural? You know, like I don't know why, but like what if there just happens to not be a lot of, like say the process is completely fair, you know, like there really aren't any systematic barriers to anyone based on race or whatever to get an economics PhD and then you still had a difference in outcome across racial lines. Well, then it's like, well, okay, I guess, you know, like, that's how it is. Like, what do we do? Like, is, well, there's there no was problem, research. Then. Wasn't there one of those Scandinavian countries that like did something like removed all barriers and taboos regarding uh, yes. gender and stuff like that? And then then they just wanted to see what would happen naturally. And they literally it's like they couldn't even force it. Like it got more segmented, like more certain jobs became dominated by right, women certain right. jobs became dominated by men it was just like we're pushing we're, we're pulling no levers right now like this is just happening it like undid the diversity the forced diversity basically right well that was weird. the finding it was like when you took away the barrier so when you took away like systemic racism whatever you want to say that is like but where societies are more egalitarian essentially you actually see more stark gender stereotypes that's what it was it was yeah. the more egalitarian the society like the more classically what we probably we probably here look out and go wow progressive they actually had mo less diversity as, as far as genders and sex across their right. workforce because you do see a self-selection like women self-select right? into certain jobs men self-select into certain jobs and that one i think is easier to justify like they're maybe biological reasons why certain, you know, why some women. Some of them, but some of them yeah. not. Some of them you don't know. It's like, I don't know why, you know, other ones, I don't know what the justification is. Maybe it's just randomness, you know, like it's just a difference, you know, like I don't know that it even needs an explanation. I feel like the problem is like you just want to remove any injustice or barriers. You can't merely look at the outcomes though because the outcomes at, like disparities in outcomes don't necessarily mean disparities or injustices somewhere we're preventing right. people. Like it could just be random. It could be for a reason that doesn't have to do with or injustice. men and women. Men right. and women might be different, and maybe right. men are able to handle by demeanor proctology better than women. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the butt doctor? I can't remember. Oh, but yeah. I mean, good. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing a guess out there. Mine. I had a doctor that specialized in that one time and he was like uh very indian oh very good. very like i don't know maybe he was dead inside from doing all the things that he did like i, I was in his waiting room he was like a digestive guy I, I don't know what that is even i don't even know what he was called i think it was ultimately like a urologist or whatever his, the fanciest title he could probably have is probably what he took but it was like all day long just like colon cancers and stuff like that oh so, my god no, it's such a status game. You never hear any of these arguments about low status jobs like construction work. You never like there's not enough women in construction work. You know, or like there's not enough men in fast food. Like <laughs> you never hear those yeah. arguments. I have seen a lot more women truck drivers, but I think that's just the demand. I think it's the market dictated that. Like women were like I can drive. <laughs> I can yeah, drive I for mean, <laughs> $90,000 a year. Great. I think UPS is paying their drivers like a, almost a hundred grand a year now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, do I want to be I a do. delivery driver? Yeah. I know. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I could just go drive a truck around and throw packages on people's doorsteps for a hundred K. Okay. 
my God. Yeah, that. well, those new contracts, the UPS has got to go out of business. I do not know how they can be paying these drivers as much money. It's crazy. Those contracts were crazy. I mean, some people are going to make like $300,000 a year or something. I was like, what? Like, there's well, no way. They, no way. I don't know if it's that high, but it was really high. There is so much shipping. I mean, it's unbelievable. I live near an Amazon fulfillment facility, but like there are, I think I see multiple Amazon trucks go into the same neighborhood up per day. You know what I mean? It's like it's running circles around the post postal service because everyone is just buying shit on. I'm talking just Amazon, not let alone all the other everything else you buy online. You look out the window for 10 minutes, you will see an Amazon truck go by. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's wild. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a big it's business. So many, so many packaging packages. And I think they probably are desperate for driverless. Oh, yeah. Because that's got to be the that's absolute no, it's biggest cost. It has to. It's those, already those there. will not be able to. Yeah. You can't pay $100,000 a year. They already you have need to have driverless. Yeah. No, they're already available. I mean, they, I've seen them like... Uh, because they have the one in cities, they have those cars that are autonomous and they basically go oh to God. like buildings and then you have someone unload them is essentially, I think, how it works. Um, but yeah, no, they're already here. That I mean, it's really just like a short term win for these people. I think their jobs are going to go away and yeah, someone will make, you know, billions off of it. Probably the company will be rich as hell when they don't have to pay those labor costs anymore. Damn labor. <sighs> Goddamn yeah, labor eating up all my profits. Wish these people would just just lay down, you know, like just <laughs> do the work, you know, stop complaining. I just oh, just God. depopulate yourself, people. God, yeah. It really is awful the way people talk about like labor. And it's so it, you see it happen too. This is a la- I got to get off this topic because i gotta stop and i gotta go but the last thing like the way i heard how how quickly this stuff happened that's my point is like because i was in an organization and a manager or i guess it was a director level person so like a manager of managers said to me the phrase like said to a team not just to me like the phrase uh analyst resources and i was like analyst resources like you mean we need to hire more people to do the work? Like, analyst research, like, what was implied was that, like, well, that's grunt work and kind of shit work and that the stuff that actually needs to get done, the day-to-day, is, like, tedious and we don't, like, when you get promoted, once you've been here, like, you don't do that anymore. Like, that we reserve for, like, people we don't even call people we call them analyst resources resources. like (laughs) it's like oh yeah exactly it's very clear that you have not been an analyst resource in a long time because i could tell you as an analyst resource myself i don't appreciate the (laughs) terminology i mean i think there is definitely something to i'm not like a communist or anything but i think there is definitely something to the distinction between labor and capitalists yeah, 100%. I mean, and it's that's important. what I think about with the like autonomous stuff because it's like, essentially, it's a consolidation of ownership because the laborers today have some like ownership over the company because like the company relies on you, you know, and like maybe even if you have stock, you actually do own part of the company. But if you can be replaced, then we can just own the autonomous machines and then I can own even more of the capital that's like, required for the company because you break up capital into like human and 
actual like capital, like machines and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, once everything's autonomous, it's only going to be more consolidated because the workers aren't going to own the driverless machine, like the driverless cars. The people who own the company are going to own the driverless cars. And more of the profit will flow to them because they'll be making decisions about more resource allocation. So, I mean, that's totally going to happen. It's just, I mean, I'm worried. I worry about it. I mean, the counterweight, I guess, would be that things are more com- competitive and there's more opportunity to start businesses. And I hope that's true. But I don't know with economies of scale and stuff, it's so hard to start a business. You can't compete with Amazon. Right. Yeah, Amazon couldn't compete with Amazon. I mean... Right. You need billions of dollars of investment to float you for 10 years while you figure out how to make just the tiniest margins. It's crazy. Yeah. And then build a server farm as big as a city so that you can finally start making some money. Yeah. Paying out a little bit. God, this business is just not working out. We need to start another business so we can start making some money over here. We need to (laughs) supplement this other business. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, well, it's been fun. Um, stay woke, stay diverse, stay in your body, stay in your body, whatever that means. I don't know. I'm just saying things at this point. Even if, even if you have a fat body, I mean, if <laughs> there's a person in there. Body, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.